Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today, we continue our discovery of a four-step transformational process to get unstuck. Now, we have covered one step already, and that was awareness and acceptance. Now, to give a summary, because this one's very important, right? Because if you're off on the first step, the rest of the steps are a lot harder to really click into place here. So I just want to give a background of what we've so far covered on awareness and acceptance. And if you are new to this mini series, be sure to check out the past three shows that have covered the introduction on the series, the first phase of awareness and acceptance, and also an intermission where we really gave some time to integrate. So I have all of those linked down below in the episode notes. All right, so diving deeper into this four-step transformational process to get unstuck. Reviewing our very first step, awareness and acceptance. So with this step, it's all about taking inventory and bringing consciousness to your patterns. Because here's the thing, if you do not make it conscious, you will continue to repeat it and think that this is just you know part of life. This is your fate. I love the quote by Swiss psychoanalyst Carl Jung, where he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll consider it fate. So this is going to be like, why does this keep happening? Despite all my strong intentions and desires for this to change, why is it still happening? Well, let's take a look at your unconscious, because in order to have a brighter future free of repetitive cycles that only bring you emotional pain and subpar results, we must look at the darkness, at that shadowy underbelly behind our self-sabotage and self-doubt. And this shadowy self herein lies inside our unconscious. We all have a shadow side that is exiled within our unconscious, and the more we deny and repress it, the stronger it becomes. And the longer we avoid and the longer we numb it, the more painful it will be when we finally do confront our issues. And that's okay. That is no reason to not confront your issues. It is better late than never. When we accept that the time is now to do this work, we will inevitably invite in grief because we can no longer run from the pain. Now, grief is an inherent part of the healing process. Grief is a natural part of the healing process, and we must greet it with open arms and an open heart as we mourn all of our missteps, mourn all of the missed opportunities, mourn our unmet needs, mourn all the ways being stuck has impacted the fullest expression of our lives and the lives of the people around us. Now, in this awareness and acceptance phase, we begin to have a growing willingness to be wrong about our core issues. It's that total ego check. Now, here's the thing about our ego. It serves us in our early years. It aids in protection and survival. 
But our ego becomes a problem as we seek to grow and mature into our fully actualized selves. And the more we try to hold on to this limiting self-concept of the ego, the more life will gradually just hammer at us until we can become sufficiently humbled to admit that we are going in the wrong direction, that this isn't working. Now, the ego desperately wants to uphold our self-concept. Now, the interesting thing, though, about this is it doesn't matter if this self-concept is helping or hurting your overall life satisfaction. Our ego self cares primarily about being right, right that we know, or right that we are not good enough, or right that we are a powerless victim, or right that things don't work out for us, or we can't trust love or life due to past experiences and so on. And there's some grief even to unpack here with, wow, (laughs) how much I've let my ego and self-concept determine my life. Because in most cases, we are the archetype of our own frustrations and failures. Now, the sooner we realize this, the better, because we can avoid years of unnecessary suffering. The personality we cling to, that sense of our personal identity, the quote-unquote me that we invest so much energy in maintaining, for better or for worse, is ultimately an illusion. It's illusory. It is created by the mind. So learning to let go of constructed mental positions that lead to pride or excessive stubbornness or reactive blame to others or playing small due to crippling self-doubt will speed up the process of getting unstuck. We must confront the false sense of self we cling on to. Because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for us. And this is deep work. This takes a lot of deep work. So when going through this first phase, the awareness and acceptance phase of the transformation process of getting unstuck, it's common for shame, judgment, blame, and criticism to pop up and be really strong to be like, oh my gosh, look what you've done or look who you are and look what has happened in your life because of this. And this is where it is absolutely imperative. I want to say this a million times over to cultivate the skill and the practice of self-compassion. This is an essential skill to bring into this process now and forevermore. I think it is fundamentally one of the most important life skills that we can have is the skill and practice of self-compassion. You cannot hate, judge, and criticize yourself into a version of yourself that you love. But you can nurture yourself into a version that feels loved, cared for, secure, and safe. And this version of yourself will make better decisions, will hold more capacity to love, and will ultimately have a deeper, more enriching life. So armed with self-compassion, awareness, and acceptance, we are now going to talk about the second phase of transformation. And to make it easy for you, all of these phases start with the letter A, okay? So today, we are going to be talking about alignment. Now, just on this topic of alignment alone, there are a lot of different threads that I could pull on. I'm just going to pick out one thread and one thread only for today, and that is our problems. I want to talk about how to find greater alignment by way of solving problems. Now, right now, if you are struggling with eating disorder, it is a problem you are solving. And I imagine a lot of your precious resources go into solving this problem, your time, your money your mental energy. This problem has a cost associated with it. And this is where this concept of the sunk cost fallacy can come in. 
Now, if you remember back to Economics 101, you probably learned about the sunk cost fallacy. Now, this is a phenomenon where someone is reluctant to abandon a strategy or course of action because they have invested heavily in it, even when it is clear that abandoning it would be more beneficial. So often we look at, well, why does someone stay stuck with an eating disorder? So it's so interesting. Like they don't want it. Their conscious mind is saying so loud, I want to be free of this, yet the same repetitive patterns continue, right? And we're looking at that awareness and acceptance phase and you start to dig deeper into it. And throwing in another A word here is that there's an attachment to it. There's an attachment to this problem. This problem has created a lot of meaning. It's created purpose, whether it's wanted or not. A lot of energy has been put into it. And to walk away from it in some way would be like, wait, but all that time that I spent on it was wasted. And this, again, is not a very conscious thought. And this is where the never-ending struggle story can come in because it needs to feel at some level like this was worth it, that I had to endure so much pain, so much struggle to triumph. And this is where the attachment to the suffering comes in because when there has been an immense amount of suffering, in many ways, we want the payment to feel like it's really big. And to walk away from something that you've invested so much energy into, that payment doesn't feel very big. It kind of feels like, oh, wah, wah, okay. Like all, oh, uh, dang. Like, <laughs> I guess it could have been a lot easier than how I made it because I was really attached to my suffering and my struggle story. And meeting that with self-compassion because at the end of the day, it's okay if that was your life path that you walked. And if you see yourself walking that, possibly think, hmm, maybe there's another way. Maybe I don't have to stay attached to a struggle story. Maybe it's okay to say enough is enough. The time is now. I'm done investing in this because I do not see a return on my investment. So therefore, I'm going to manage my time, my energy, my resources differently because I do not want to continue to invest them in something that does not have the return that I'm looking for. And if that's not a healthy dose of reality, here is another one. <laughs> when you walk away from the eating disorder, there will be more problems in your life. There is no such thing as living problem-free. We as humans are wired to solve problems and we actually derive meaning from solving them. Now, the key word is solving them, not just having problems. We derive meaning from solving problems. And now when we are having problems and finding no solution to our problems, well, then we end up staying in a perpetual state of distress and disempowerment around them. So that's no bueno. So the trick here is to strive for a life full of good problems. Now, here is the golden nugget of today. True happiness occurs when you find the problems you enjoy having and problems you enjoy solving. And I want to accentuate that word enjoy. True happiness occurs when you find the problems you enjoy having and the problems you enjoy solving. Because once again, problems never stop. They merely get exchanged or upgraded. And yes, our eternal inner child is going to be like, no, I just want to rest and not have problems. I want a problem-free life. And well, we're mature adults here. So we have to face reality that we will always have problems, but it's the quality of the problem that determines the quality of our life. So when we 
unconsciously feel as though we have problems that we are incapable of ever solving, we feel stuck. And this assumed inability to solve our problems causes us to feel miserable and helpless. Now, in my work over the past decade plus helping people recover from an eating disorder, I have found that real shifts, I'm talking these big changes where it's like, oh, she has now reached full recovery, happen when you start to enlarge on your perspective on your problems. When we become laser focused on the eating disorder, on the food and the body as the problem, it narrows our possibilities on how to fully recover. It narrows the possibility on finding problems that are more enjoyable, rewarding, and momentarily possible to solve. I just want to highlight that word momentarily because I do believe 100% in full recovery from an eating disorder, but it does not happen in one single moment or one single month. It is often a compilation of many different factors coming together and ultimately leading to the resolution of the eating disorder. Now, that's what we're going to talk about today, these multiple factors coming together. And this took me many years to really see this because it's a bit counterintuitive. I like to think about it as like a like a sleight of hand magician trick where the magician's like, look over here, look over here, look over here. And then does this little like funny business on the side. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> where did that go? And the idea with the magician is they want you to focus on this thing. But that isn't the real thing, right? All this other things going on behind the scenes to ultimately make that magic act happen. So in the eating disorder, so listening about that, so the eating disorder is this thing that you desperately want to solve. This is like, look here, look here, look at the food, look at the body control, when you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, how you're going to eat, where you're going to eat, uh, when you're going to exercise, how you're going to exercise, all of these things, right? That's the look here, look here. That's where I'm going to focus my energy on. But it ends up feeling hard and never getting solved. Instead, when you focus your problem-solving energy peripherally, maybe out of the field of direct vision, right? If you're thinking about this magician, peripherally, and voila, your eating disorder will start to gradually disappear. Now, I really want to use this metaphor of magic lightly because, because this process is not something that just magically happens without any effort awareness. So I don't want you to think it's like a abracadabra, your eating disorder is gone overnight. It does take effort and awareness. In fact, it is your effort and awareness being channeled into peripheral problems that will help solve the eating disorder. Now, think about the problem of having an eating disorder. It seems... So big, right? So complex. There is a loaded history beneath this of failed attempts, of defeat, of disempowerment and shame. I mean, there is just a lot that goes into an eating disorder. Now, with curiosity and experimenter's mindset, what happens if we start to search for problems to solve that will also help solve the eating disorder? Once again, I call these peripheral problems. Problems that get to the underlying issue and support you in having a strong foundation for a strong recovery. Now, I'm going to emphasize this. This does not mean that you throw out your meal plan, cancel all your therapy appointments, and just let your behaviors run amok. Like, not at all. There are still things that you need to focus on, but it does mean that you begin to focus solving other problems. Now, what this means is that you begin to solve problems that will widen your perspective, widen your tolerance, widen your world. And you find these problems that you can solve in small ways, step by step. Through the many years that I've worked with people with eating disorders, I found that there are are kind of a, a core list here. There could be more that you could add to yours, but I would say this is a pretty strong core list to start with. And these are the main themes. Within each of these themes, you can break this down into numerous different 
areas that you can focus on, that you can learn about, that you can actually get skilled at. So when you work in this area and you learn how to solve this problem, you start to dismantle the eating disorder little by little. So here are some of the peripheral problems that you can focus on. Due to time, I'm not going to go into the specifics of each and every one of these now, but be prepared to learn more about these in the months that come. All right, number one, decision-making. Number two, boundary setting. Number three, time management. Number four, emotional distress tolerance. Number five, codependency and forming secure attachments. Number six, nervous system regulation. Number seven, community building. Number eight, connection with self, friends, family, and in higher power. Number nine, laughter and play. Number 10, self-expression and creativity. Now, when you focus on these peripheral problems, you will start to dismantle the eating disorder and create a foundation for a strong recovery. Now, I can wholeheartedly promise you, when you focus on these peripheral problems, you will start to dismantle the eating disorder and create a foundation for a strong recovery. And now this is the time where I'm going to be dropping some pretty big news that has been, wow, like years in the making. (laughs) I really do believe that when we're ready, we're ready. And sometimes it just takes us longer to get there. And I, two years ago, was ready to create a new show called Love and Learn. Uh, We had the artwork done. We had everything ready for it. And I decided not to. And I entirely own all of that decision because I truly think that things needed to unfold in a certain way in order to get to this moment in time where I am now ready and more aligned with this show. Now, the show is called Love and Learn, and it will be part of the Recovery Warrior shows. It will also be a standalone show that you can subscribe to and get on your podcast feed. And it is designed specifically to work on these 10 core areas that I just mentioned. I believe this show is a great compliment to anybody on their eating disorder recovery journey. And I encourage you to listen in as we learn how to love better. It starts with ourself and then that moves out and propagates out to the people nearest and dearest to us. And that propagates out to the world at large. I'm really excited to be transitioning into the host seat for Love and Learn, which means that Recover Strong will be getting a new host and you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. I just appreciate all of you for being a part of this journey. And I really do feel very ready and ripe to be talking more about these peripheral problems. It just lights me up so much to think about all the great guests we can bring on that really help illuminate and accentuate and highlight your healing journey. So stay tuned as Love and Learn begins to roll out here on the Recovery Warrior shows. And this channel of shows will continue to grow in the future as we include diverse topics that are important to the overall holistic picture of recovery. So now getting back to the whole message around this show, When you focus on solving non-food and body-related problems, now peripheral problems, ones that have a direct bearing on your eating disorder, like connection, boundary setting, emotional distress tolerance, nervous system regulation, community, etc., you turn your problems into slightly better problems because by solving them, you have valuable skills that will improve your life, and by improving your life, you improve the lives of those around you. So I like to think about this as a very constructive way of approaching your recovery because in the process of deconstructing your eating disorder, 
You are constructing a new life that will support you in living a strong and active recovery. And to end this on a very philosophical note that I don't want to get misconstrued because first and foremost, I want to say, focus on the food, continue your therapy sessions, continue your meal plan, continue your psychiatric medications if you're on them. This is not saying throw any of those out the window. I just want to end on this larger philosophical note here. Maybe, just maybe, the problem is not food or your body size. Maybe it is the power that you give food and your body size. The power to determine your happiness. The power to numb your pain. The power to punish you. The power to isolate you from connection. The power to play small. And maybe you are ready or there will be a point in time that you will be ready to take your power back by focusing your energy on solving new problems on problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this, warrior.